Hydrogen will be a great source of fuel to drive vehicles to drive shape, making steel. As majorly an engineering field, the power sector is mostly full of jargon and numerous myths that can sometimes be challenging to non-energy professionals seeking to understand the industry. The Power Dialogue speaks to a seasoned power expert to demystify some jargon we often come about in everyday parlance and news about the sector. Karibu sana, Dr. Mativo, to the Power Dialogue podcast. It's a pleasure speaking to you today. Karibu. Thank you. I have a question that I usually throw at every podcast guest for this. I would just like to know if there's a moment in your life that access to power or rather lack of access to power affected the quality of your life and if that has since changed. Definitely having grown up or moved from area to area. I think the funniest is always when you wake up in the morning, the shirts are not ironed. So you have to make sure that you keep your coat the whole day because you don't remove it. Other people know that at least you miss the electricity. Definitely go to a point where you either ensure that to iron on Sundays because you don't be sure of the other days. I can comment at least as happened, at least where I stay, 99.9% of the time, I can always risk to iron in the morning. To me, there's definitely great improvement. There's been this question, hydros and all. I know this might be a foreign term to some of our listeners. What exactly are these hydros and what is hydro energy? First, some basics. Electricity is generated by rotating a magnet through a number of wires. The moment you rotate them inside, electricity is formed. We use various technologies to rotate, which is the generator. The mechanism of generation is from the water that is running that had been dumped. But you also have places like Sondu, where it's a runoff. Part of the water just enters and falls at a great depth and runs the turbines going down. So that's water-based. Probably you can tell us about hydrogen as well as a means of power. Looking at options, and that's where the world is going to, that hydrogen will be a great source of fuel to drive vehicles, to drive shape, making steel. It's going to be quite big. Uh, hydrogen can be combined with nitrogen from the air to form ammonia and other solutions. For example, we have excess power in Kenya. You can convert that electricity in quartz into hydrogen, then use the hydrogen to produce power again. It's a way of storing power. So it's going to be a big thing in the country. And there are many opportunities, especially for us who have green renewable energy in the system to take advantage of this and to make either fuel or to store electricity. How soon can we expect that? That's very exciting news. Some countries have started moving, but we have quite a number of interests. In Kenya, I think we are currently, as a sector, working on the pilot, rolling out actually the concept notes to allow pilot projects to come in the country. I know people who are doing still who also want to do pilot projects. With approximately two to 400 megawatts of power in Kenya, you can make all the fertilizer that we use using green ammonia. I know right now we're talking about electric vehicles. The trucks and the trains, these big, heavy moving things, might actually be run on hydrogen, not electricity. The world is always changing that it's going to be both a source of fuel and a way to store electricity when, when you have excess. You can put in hydrogen. Yeah, that's Looking forward to that, Dr. Terry. Moving on, please explain to us how wind energy generation comes about. In Kenya, we have really fortunate, we thank God, we have very good wind regimes. One of them is the north, in Masabit area to the Electrokana. Gong, all the way down to Isinia Kipeto area, also has a good regime. And there's something in Meru, 
near Mount uh, Kilimanjaro ETC. So what basically happens in uh, wind plants is that you put the turbines and as wind passes them, it rotates the turbines, the turbines will rotate the motor and the motor and the generator will produce electricity. So that's what you're doing. So you have a number of them. I think the ones we have in Kenya, the biggest is actually producing close to one megawatt. But in the world, those ones that they put in the sea, almost one of them can run five megawatts of power. So they have quite a lot. It's renewable energy. So you just have to keep the, the turbines well maintained and ensure that you have an endless fuel of power. So it's still the same thing. What you're using is wind to drive the turbines. So that's wind energy. And I've seen uh, some where we have wind turbines in water in the sea. Is there a correlation between those two forms of energy generation? The wind can be harnessed more. For those areas, they have very good uh, wind uh, regimes in the sea. And they also minimize the use of land. And nowadays, there's so many uh, environmental issues and concerns. But already we have some on land. Maybe that's why ours are focused in terms of inland. You have mentioned Okaya, and this is well known for geothermal. Please tell us how geothermal energy is generated and what form of energy is this? Under the earth, there is the magma that hits the earth. Places like Okaya are quite close to where the magma is. So the water that over time has been sipping on the ground is under very high pressure, very high temperature, places like that along the Rift Valley, specifically like Olkaria. So when you drill a well and uh, you release the steam, it leaves actually very hot steam at very high pressure. It's the steam that is underground that we are basically using to drive our turbines and it's a natural resource which we try to ensure it's renewable by injecting part of the water back into the system so that we can continuously use it. What does this mean, renewable sources of energy? Renewable sources of energy are energy forms that you can use in a sustainable way to ensure the next generation still has access to them. Whether it's wind, solar, they are not leaving any carbon footprint. That is what makes these things green. Please tell us about thermal energy. Uh, Different kinds of thermal energy, but I think the one that most people refer to them when we talk about thermal energy, the power plants that are run on heavy fuel or some form of diesel or generation. So what they do is purchase fuel, then the fuel is heated and it runs boilers and this turns into steam and the steam again is used to generate power. Uh, typically we use them for picking. So maybe in the evening, if you go down to Mombasa, maybe from six, seven, eight to the where there's peak demand to ensure that we have voltage stability. So we run the thermal powers. Why don't we do away with thermals? You have mentioned peaking. Probably you can just enlighten our audiences as to why this is necessary. The generation plants are usually not next to the load center. For example, the biggest load center in Kenya is Nairobi, followed by Mombasa. And the sources of power are usually a distance away. If you look at the hydropower stations along the Tana, you have to go all the way to Kamburu and the rest to get them. If it's wind, you maybe have to go all the way to Lake Tukana to get that. If it's Olkaria, again, you have to go there. So that means the power has to be transmitted over long distances to the load center. So we have the powers coming to Nairobi, then Mombasa. Unfortunately, Mombasa does not have uh, its own power source. And the problem with electricity is that if you move electricity over a long distance, for example, Olkaria to Mombasa is anything like close to 650 or so kilometers. So long distances to take power, you have the voltage tries to go up, you have mm-hmm. stability issues. And that's why 
you have to have some form of generation and equipment, let's say in Mombasa, especially at peak towers, to run to ensure that you can manage the voltages that arrive in Mombasa. It's important that we still have some form of uh, thermal generation in Mombasa to ensure that even as we bring more and more power from Olkaria or other sources of power, that the system is still stable. So they brought to manage voltages and to also manage stability of the, even as we bring power from other sources. We cannot get rid of them. I know we have reduced our use quite a lot. Once we increase the voltage of the line to 400 kV, we'll be able to manage the voltage much better. So there'll be less and less. There's also this aspect of thermals having the capability of coming online faster than other sources. If demand is stepped up, what can you say about that and the nature of uh, thermal energy? You're correct. Unlike most other sources of power where to ramp up from zero to a certain production level takes some time. When it comes to thermal, because you're just switching on a, like almost a generator in your house, you switch it on and it peaks in a few seconds, it's up and running on its maximum capacity. You cannot achieve that with wind. You cannot switch off the wind and uh, or even solar and want it just to come at your time. Uh, your thermal also takes some time to ramp up, so you cannot do that. Uh, usually when you require quick electricity at peak or you need to ramp up power quickly, uh, thermal plants are usually the most reliable and best way to meet that demand. Super. Two things that are coming up. You are aware that uh, some of the thermal power plants in Mombasa, they're coming to the end of power purchase agreement. I think there are plans to convert some of them into gas turbines, again, for picking, ramping up quickly. At the same time, you know very well that uh, our head of state in Tanzania started negotiating the part of having gas pipeline coming to Mombasa. There are prospects that in future will have uh, gas turbines in Mombasa, although it's also not a renewable energy, but it's much better than the use of thermal that comes from diesel or heavy fuel. We also have nuclear energy. How does that work? <laughs> is it renewable and how does how is energy generated from that source? If there's an item I can use in a sustainable way to ensure the next generation has still adequate to me, that, that's what I call renewable. Nuclear is just footy that it's not in heavy use, but uh, it is also limited in the world. So we can one day actually deplete nuclear in the world just that we don't use a lot of it. Nuclear energy basically is just the nuclear rods are encased and put in a way that is protected. Again, water, that's why nuclear plants are close to water because they're super hot. Water is used to cool them and the water that is used to cool them when it touches or it comes into almost close contact, it turns into steam, very high pressure, and this steam is on that is used again to drive the turbines. So again, the principle of generative power is more or less the same. And then finally, we have coal. We had the controversial proposed Lamu coal project that didn't take off. How does the source of energy work? Coal works very close to, I said, thermal, a diesel. Again, what you're doing is that you're bringing coal into a very big area, then burning it. The temperature again turns water into steam. Again, that's why coal plants have to be close to water, so they're turning the water into steam. And again, the steam is used to drive coal when burned, removes a lot of products that are not friendly to the environment and friendly to the health of people. And that's why the world has decided to move away from coal. Uh, there was an option not to implement a coal plant in the recent uh, COP26. The commitments to phase out the use of coal plants to produce power. What is the common factor in all of this modes of generation? 
It's just a fuel in terms of how do you drive the turbine. That's the things they look at is definitely the reliability. I know I've described the various energy forms, but some of them are more reliable. Geothermal, you can almost run at close to half percent. So they vary in terms of availability. All of them, the commonality is that they drive power. And that's why as a country, we decided to have energy mix instead of relying on one technology. We have wind, we have solar, we have geothermal, we have hydro in the mix. By the way, even in Kenya, since March, actually, it has not rained. If it was previously, we would have been having outages at this time. But Kenyans have not complained. They don't know it's because of the source of power that we're having, plus the infrastructure that has been put in place to ensure that we don't rely on only one source of power that has actually come to ensure that uh, we can live more comfortably than our neighboring countries. We have come so far from when you used to iron your shirts on Sunday. (laughs) Are there any uh, jargons or words that you usually find being misused? Voltage, because in Kenya we normally use 220, 240 volts, but we have different voltages. The line that comes to your house most likely is uh, 415 volts. Kenya power has 11 and 33 kV, that's kilovolts. And then you have uh, people like a tracker doing lines from 132 kV to 2400, 500 volts. So they're different lines. All of them serve different purposes. Definitely the higher the voltage, more and more of power that can be moved. But for it to come to your house, it has to be stepped down. That's why you have substations to step down. You know, voltage is a force that makes electricity move from one area, certain potential to another potential. And the easiest way to understand volts is to maybe, a good example is water. For I to supply Nairobi with water from one of these water dams, the pipe bringing water to Nairobi will definitely be very big, you can assume. It's going to be having very high pressure. But by the time it comes to your house, if you have to take power, that pressure just break your house. But by the time it gets to your house, maybe use a one-inch pipe with a low pressure, enough to bring to your tank. Same thing with electricity. If we are taking power from all carrier, we are moving either 220 kV, kilovolts, or some line at 400, but we'll step down to 33, Kenya Power takes that, then we'll step down to the voltage that is right for your industry or for your house. So that's common one that is used, voltage, and I just want people to understand what it is. So thank you so much. Thank you so much, Engineer Mativo, for your time. On the Power Dialogue podcast, we cover different issues every fortnight as we give the mic to various subject experts, trailblazers, and influencers in the energy sector to bring light to otherwise dark issues. If you found this episode insightful, let us know using the hashtag the power dialogue do share your questions and comments with us on social and search for the power dialogue wherever you get your podcasts till next time thanks for listening